anmek. Like Imagine a soldier the size of an insect. The ultimate secret weapon. You give godlike powers to everyone, it's going to be chaos. So how do we stop him? I know a guy. Scott, I've been watching you for a while. You're different. And I believe everyone deserves a shot at redemption. Do you? Absolutely. My days of breaking into places and stealing stuff are over. What do you want me to do? I want you to break into a place and steal some stuff. Makes sense. Can I say how pleased I was that they managed to work in an, an adamant <laughs> reference? You just want this whole thing to be. I, I just want it to be the streets the, of yeah, San Francisco. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Continue with that. <laughs> I was pleased that they worked in uh, an Adam and the Ants song into this movie soundtrack. Was that Adam and the Ants? I thought it was a Cure. The, the Cure was in there as well, but there was a the song Ant Music by Adam and oh, the Ants. Oh, was there? I didn't even notice featured that. Featured in this movie, so. I feel vindicated. You do. I, mean, <laughs> I think you are the only person in probably, I'm going to say the United States, because I'll guarantee you the UK probably has a statue of Adam and the Ants somewhere, but but I, you're the only person who got an Adam and the Ants reference. Maybe. That's I probably, don't know. That's, I guarantee you. That's, they were pretty huge. That's, that's Kings no. of the Wild Frontier, Goody Two Shoes. Yeah, but that's, that's, Come on. that's an Edgar. It was a long time ago. That was Edgar Wright who put that in there. I'm sure. Yeah. Hey everyone! <laughs> Welcome to Comic Book Logic. Uh, it's a very special one that we're recording like way ahead of time, just because it's in the theaters right now. Yeah, we have recorded. Oh, Ant-Man. he's lifting. He's lifting the curtain a little bit here, yeah, I showing know. a little bit into our process. This well, is we supposed to be sh- after. Remember how well the Avengers: Age of Ultron <laughs> podcast went? <laughs> oh yeah, we totally did that one already because you've already listened to it, and I guarantee you, we were drunk, and it was great. <laughs> Yeah. I made special uh, Ultron cocktails. Yeah. They were great. Yeah. James Spader came over. <laughs> it was tequila and rosé. <laughs> That's an inside reference to earlier that you will not get. I apologize. It's all right. Um, so we are, uh, yeah, we're recording about the, the, the 2015. The Ant-Man. Just saw yeah, it. The, the, the last of the... Um, the end of phase, phase two, two. The end of phase two. Oh. Yeah. And so that'll be, yeah. So we'll, we're, we're, we won't go too into it. We'll just see. But we're, yeah. we know this, this may Where mark will a the turning point. Where will the podcast go? Mark it because we're caught up. We're caught up. We're caught up with Marvel. We got uh, months, yeah. months upon months. We, we got to wait uh, a good half a year to see <laughs> the three and a half hour boondoggle that will almost certainly be <laughs> Captain America <laughs> colon Civil War. <laughs> Where in which every... he fights the Confederates. <laughs> It's, it's, it's gonna be over uh, the flag coming down. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Would it be really awful if it's like Captain America: the Civil War is literally about him getting really upset about the Confederate flag getting taken down, <laughs> and everyone's like, "Cap, um, like, like Falcons right next to him, like, dude, no." <laughs> it represents history. <laughs> it's, it's our culture, man. <laughs> no, 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 nope, no, nope, Cap. Nope. Cannot agree with you here. Falcon's mad. Ti's mad. Even Ant <laughs> Ti is mad. <laughs> Ti is officially yeah. an Avenger. Yeah. <laughs> by that point. <laughs> well, I mean, 
Thor's gone. You know, Iron Man's gone. They're 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 grasping right now. I'm still waiting for Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne. If Lil Wayne can show up in the MCU, I will. Uh, I'll well, feel as good about that as I do about Ant music. So let's uh, let's start off with uh, with some some of the the comic book stuff. Let's go yeah. back to the Marvel comics. What do you know about Ant Man? I knew absolutely nothing about Ant Man. I don't even know that I had heard of Ant Man <laughs> until. The, the years ago when they started talking about doing an ant-man movie and the stuff about edgar wright uh was was an issue you'll get to all that that history yeah uh, oh yes there. i will but uh yeah i'm, gonna, I'm gonna just say nothing <laughs> nothing one of those ones that sounded like when i first heard about uh guardians of the galaxy yeah. and i was like i don't what that's who's what? directing this what's going on this is absurd why did the guy who directed tromeo and juliet do this movie <laughs> <laughs> why did they give him a big budget movie all right so let's talk about ant-man so hank pym the original ant-man there's been multiple ant-men in the comics as there sure. have been in the movie there's two ant-men Their lifespan they don't live that long they really don't you got hank you got hank pym and you also have Scott Lang, the two of the four people who have played Ant, who have taken on the mantle of Ant Man in the comic books. Hank Pym, the first Ant Man, showed up in Tales to Astonish, nineteen sixty-two. He was actually yeah. one of the founding members of the Avengers, along with his girlfriend, wife. I think it was, I think it was just his girlfriend at the time, Janet Van Deen Dine, who played played the Wasp, who you also see in the movie in a brief cameo. Mm-hmm. Um, originally showed up in nineteen sixty-two. Hank Pym was uh, a super scientist, kind of like Tony Stark, except he was a little more sciencey, a little more experimental. Uh, Ant Man was never like just his only uh, persona. He, he took also on drove a, a cab. He did. He <laughs> took on a couple different uh, roles. He he had the superhero Yellow Jacket, who controlled bees. Who you also have Yellow Jacket in the movie. Um, he was also Giant Man, who uh-huh. grow really big. Uh-huh. Sure, I just like the, the natural. Idea. Yeah, and I like the idea that like you can get really strong, but you still have the same strength, and you get really small, but you still have your same strength. Well, you get really big, but you still have the same strength. <laughs> it's like it would just be awful. Uh, you also he also took on the um, character of uh, Goliath as well, which is another just big guy costume. He would often take on these personas and then uh, pass them off to other people. So he was kind of like, you know, I'm tired of being this guy. You can <laughs> I'm do tired of being am. giant man. Here, I'm going to give you this. Yeah. Be medium man. <laughs> Be medium. <laughs> I've become about 6'3". I've become Hank now Man. I'm still pretty tall. Um, the, the funny thing is, is that if you ask most people in the comic book world, you just say Hank Pym, and they just go, wife beater. Oh, a very famous uh, moment in his comic book history. He smacked the crap out of his wife. Wow. Shows up quite a bit off it. It kind of comes back. It's kind of like Tony Stark's alcoholism in the comics. Uh He's like, I got drunk one time and everyone just knows me as the drunk of the Marvel Universe. That's Hank Pym. He, He hits his wife one time. He's constantly known as the wife beater. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. Yeah. Um, Just also wanted to add in there uh, Scott Lang, who played by Paul Rudd in the movie. He actually appeared... Also beat Hank Pym's wife. <laughs> also beat Hank Oddly Pym's enough. Wife. Yeah. Played by John Slattery. Um, <laughs> uh, Scott Lang uh, first appeared in uh, Marvel Comics in 1979 in The Avengers 181. He took on the role of Ant-Man. Just want to add that in there. He's, you know, his thing's relatively similar. He's ex-con. He has a daughter who later becomes a superhero herself, Cassie Lang, uh, which probably is going to be a movie sometime soon <laughs> with mm-hmm. uh, going on with that. Maybe not quite as much 
But yeah, yeah. So Janet Van Dyne is also a big part of Marvel history. Both founding members of the Avengers. Also, interesting side note for people who don't know: Hank Pym is actually the original creator of Ultron in the comics. Oh, so yes, it was not Tony Stark and Bruce Banner doing science things, <laughs> turning knobs. Your favorite, your favorite part of that movie: <laughs> typing on keyboards. As I'm certain that we talk about extensively <laughs> yeah, in the previous oh, we episode. Will. We will. We have. We have. We, we sure ha- did. Oh God, this fourth dimension. Sorry to bring it up again. Yeah everybody <laughs> um yeah he he's the original creator of ultron ultron was created with his um mental pathways i think it's I, I, you know his brainwave patterns so ultron's actually based off hank pym's brainwave patterns mm. uh, and also in the, as we mentioned in the avengers 2 podcast uh jocasta is based off the brain patterns of janet van dyne uh jocasta being the female version of ultron Sure, I remember. I remember when you told me that. Yeah, you see her name mentioned on that floppy (laughs) disk, as we mentioned in the Age of Ultron podcast. We just saw it, yeah. so I'm <laughs> certain that we remember yes. all the details. Flashback, 1989. <laughs> we see the Triskelion being built, Yeah. Um, and um, a young Gordon Gecko walks in mm-hmm. <laughs> and sees John Slattery. Um, this is, uh, yeah, they, they get uh, a very young Alarmingly Hank. absent, a uh, drink in his hand. Yeah, alarmingly absent. So you have a young Hank Pym showing up and uh, accusing S.H.I.E.L.D. of stealing his super special secret sauce. Also mm-hmm. known as the Pym Particles. You have a guy who's criminally not Clancy Brown insulting Hank Pym and getting punched in the face. Yeah. Yeah. Over the debigulator. The debigulator. <laughs> <laughs> so Zora, debigulator. <laughs> he can't get bigger. That would require some sort of rebigulator. Yeah. Of course, it's completely absurd. <laughs> ah, good. Glavin. <laughs> we learned to imitate you absolutely. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, he punches in the face and leaves, and John Slattery, of course, gives his his dry alcohol, non-alcoholic wit. Yeah. About uh, cut to the future, you have um, <laughs> the present, I guess. Yes, uh, the present. <laughs> cut to our present. Yes, <laughs> our present day. You have Paul Rudd getting beat up in a prison. Sure. Which, to a lot of people, it's kind of a fetish. Um, <laughs> the ladies love it. He's getting released from San Quentin. Uh, also, criminally no. Music from Johnny Cash live at St. Quentin being played mm. as he's leaving mm-hmm. um, and being picked up by his former cellmate, uh, Michael Pena, <laughs> who is uh, this, the the comic relief to the comic relief in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, A little bit of that. Yeah. Michael Pena takes him to his apartment where he puts up uh, Scott Lang, Paul Rudd, uh, for the in the meantime, until he can get on his feet. Um, I'll, I'll tries to get him involved in a heist. 
but Scott Lang doesn't want anything to do with it. He wants to, he's going straight. He doesn't want to deal yeah. with it. Says yeah. like I've I've got a daughter. I've got, got a, daughter. a daughter to take care of. I can't. I gotta. I gotta uh, work it. I gotta work at Baskin Robbins. I gotta. Yeah. Missed opportunity here to really. Uh, this is certainly not the time <laughs> and the place to to get into it. Uh, the Ant Man movie, but you know, I mean, they make a valid point that you know, wh- wh- how are we? You know, in terms of getting, uh, you know released prisoners i mean people with felony convictions getting them back integrated into society i mean he says he's got a master's in something or other engineering electro engineering and he's and he's got to work at baskin robbins and only because he lied yeah and said that he did not have a felony conviction uh you know it would have been nice to you know to to talk about that a little bit even if this isn't a captain america movie where you know they got to get into the ethics of something you know that that would have been a nice nice uh touch yeah the social injustice of the criminal justice system the 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 inherent injustice in the justice system how about that um it turns out that scott went to prison for um pretty much a robin hood crime he yeah, so he's a nice guy. Yeah, he he stole from the billionaires and gave back to the people that they were robbing. He burgled them. He, he burgled them. He did not rob them. Exactly. I'm sorry. Because robbing involves uh, <laughs> involves uh, violence, violence or a threat of violence or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, there's none of that stuff. Um, so Scott tries to get in contact. Well, well. Mean t- meanwhile, uh, Darren Cross, the so uh, the the head of what is now PIMCO, or I don't know what it's called, <laughs> P- <Yeah>. PIM Inc. <laughs> uh, PIMCUP. Pim- Pim's Cup. Pim's, I think PIMCO. I'm going to call it PIMCO International. Uh, Hank Pim's Corporation uh, brings in Dr. Pim to show off his newest invention, uh, basically a miniaturized super suit called the Yellow Jacket Suit. There we find out that Pim has been estranged from his daughter and forced out of his own company. Uh, and he warns Darren, don't do this. Don't. Yeah. Many people will ruin the world. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Shrinking people and making them tiny. You don't know what kind of a disaster that will bring on the world. <laughs> you have all these little tiny people running around. I like how you're doing a Kirk Douglas instead of a Michael Douglas. Well, you Michael can't Douglas. make them smaller. <laughs> Michael Douglas is slowly going to turn into Kirk Douglas over time. It's inevitable. He, is n- he does not have like the upper body strength of, of a Kirk Douglas. Like Kirk Douglas, <laughs> till the day he died, looked like he could rustle like a bison in like the plains. That's how he. Yeah. That's right. That's what he did every morning yeah. before breakfast. I eat their testicles for strength. <laughs> Bring me my wrestling bison. <laughs> Uh, so Scott tries to go to his daughter's birthday party, but his wife, who is now married to a cop, because movies, because sure. um, <laughs> irony, uh, don't want doesn't want him anywhere near the daughter because he did such a bad thing by robbing from the rich and giving to the poor. I mean, he didn't kill anyone. Yeah, he gave it well. to those fat cat sobs. I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go with the fat cat bashing. <laughs> Always with the fat cat. This has been like a weird like Simpsons reference for this. They all are. All of our podcasts are Simpsons <laughs> references. We might as well just do a Simpsons podcast and get it over with. Probably. Uh, so they they uh, 
uh, Scott is kicked out and told that he can't see his daughter until he gets his life on it, until he gets mm-hmm. his, you know, get an apartment and able to pay child support. Yeah, which again would have been a good opportunity yeah. to talk about how very difficult that is. Yeah, because she looks like she's so hard off that she needs child support. That's what <laughs> That's I'm saying. True. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we could yeah. get into that too, but. <laughs> This isn't the red pill. Oh, I right. totally, I totally need child support in my three-story house that I live with this cop in. <laughs> you're living, you're living on Michael Pena's couch. Yeah. Hurry up and pay me child support. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm living in a house in San Francisco. <laughs> anyway, all uh, right, all right. Yeah, I'm sorry. So Scott ends up uh, taking the job with uh, the Three Musketeers, as played by Michael Pena, Luis, uh, uh, one another guy, the guy from uh, the, the Dark Knight Return, uh, the Dark Knight. Uh, he played the crazy guy who oh, killed yeah, Commissioner yeah, Gordon. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah, and Kevin's favorite rapper. Oh, Ti. Ti. Tip. Ti. Uh, whatever his name is, Wilson Ellie? Davis. Oh, I don't remember. I don't. I don't, know. I don't only He's know just him T. as Ti. He's yeah. just Ti. <laughs> who. Uh, and they, they go to rob a house because... He's not my favorite rapper, for no. the record. <laughs> no, we, we're aware. <laughs> well, they're not. They're not aware. The Everyone listening audience... crisscross. <laughs> they will make you... Jump. Jump, jump. So they... Luis gives a tip that, you know, his friend's friend's girlfriend is a maid yeah, in the house. Yeah, funny bit. Yeah, funny bit where they're talking about going to a wine tasting. Kevin took... Um, oh come on i mean all right first of all those glasses were way too full for a wine tasting now you could argue all right fine maybe they the wine tasting was done and they really he said he made a point that he really liked the rosé so you know he uh maybe they ordered maybe the wine tasting was done and this was just they wanted another glass well they did have a nice charcuterie platter next to him i noticed that and then he goes on and he says that the rosé came after the reds no, you would never, never, unless it's some dessert rosé, and it's just, you don't, you're not going to have that with charcuterie. It was just, I'm calling BS on this whole wine tasting story. It, it just, no, no, no. Okay. Get it right, Marvel. Okay. Get it right. Just Catalina wine mixer. Um, so, the, they go to Burgle House, and they do the, the standard. <laughs> they go to Burgle House. They go, go to the Burgle, Burgle House. House. I know. It just sounds funny when you say it. So, they do the, the standard heist thing where they get all the stuff together and they pick up their tools and equipment yeah. and you know that like montage music going yeah. to rob a house montage music you know scott uses all of his burgling yeah. tricks that he learned from the one burglary he did in his life <laughs> right <laughs> i mean we get the impression that i guess he did it a lot but like he at only... the same time they really only say the one, one thing, thing. And it's like yeah. why does he know all of yeah, these it's like i'm a cat burglar it's like you did a once one, you yeah. can't really i know i i take i get the impression that he did it to multiple people in the company like yeah. not only did he do this but he also did it to a couple different people like just to get his revenge mm-hmm. uh, maybe that i'm mean, this is the way i'm just did they even it. really say why did they say what his motives were uh he was fired for blowing the whistle oh okay yeah no, i might have missed that yeah they yeah. they did they mentioned that briefly um but he yeah so he breaks into this house he finds there's a safe in the basement oh it's, it needs a fingerprint yeah so he's like wait i saw this done in national treasure i know what i'm doing <laughs> manages to get a full thumbprint off of a doorknob right, off a doorknob that thankfully michael douglas only touched once yeah and it's very not, carefully you go to my house it's like doorknobs are covered in like butter it's <laughs> like from well, my hand like what it's like i got a thumbprint but it's covered in butter and cheeto dust <laughs> I, th- I thought you were gonna say because of your daughter but well uh, that's true too. no yeah, my daughter would have her whole mouth on the damn doorknob. Oh. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, yo, so he's able to get the thumbprint and get in. Oh, oh, but it's another safe door. Yeah. He's able to expand the door using water and ice. Yeah, see. yeah. You know, I, he uses some science that may or may not <laughs> I find be that, accurate. I find that science highly dubious at best. <laughs> <laughs> he brought an air mattress, thankfully. Yeah, he was able to to drill into that door. You know what? I have. I have a bunch of drill bits at home. They break when I drill into balsa wood. <laughs> I'm not going to drill into solid steel. It was used to make the Titanic. No, I'm not, I'm not a cat good drill bits. I'm a dog burglar. I'm just clumsy and noisy. <laughs> just very excited to see this. <laughs> I'm safe. The house. <laughs> but inside he finds a, a super suit. Yeah. He thinks it's a motorcycle suit. Takes it home. Mm-hmm. Uh, tries it on. Sure. It's what you do. Yeah. Uh, so in the meantime, in, the, mean, perfectly, yeah, in the meanwhile, we find out that uh, Hank Pym and his daughter, Hope, are in collusion to try mm-hmm. and hopefully keep Darren Cross from yeah. perfecting can, the shrinky right. serum. He can shrink inanimate objects <laughs> the pretty well. The debigulator can shrink inanimate objects very well, but when he tries to use it on a person, and he has a little portable gun also. <laughs> he has a portable debigulator. Portable debigulator. <laughs> he, uh, he turns him into goo. Yeah, he little itty bitty splat of goo. Yeah, he does it to a lamb, cute little lamb, and a guy. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Hope is like, "Oh, let me do it. Let put me in the put me in, coach. I'm ready." Yeah. And he's like, "No, I got a guy. I, I've been watching a guy. I've been watching Paul Rudd. He's been stalking Paul Rudd. <laughs> he was great in a couple romantic comedies. <laughs> His snarky sense of humor is great. Um, and th- yeah, so uh, Scott tries on the suit and uh, debigulates. He gets really small. Yeah. And in, in, in a very honey, I shrunk the Paul Rudd kind of way. <laughs> right. Yeah. He, he sees Michael Pena's wiener. He falls into mm. a vent, into a rave. That uh, I kind of like that they did bring that in. There's an earlier scene where he's going into the his his apartment and there's like a weird rave going on. Yeah, and you're, I'm kind of like, briefly super confused yeah. as to like, wait, he lives above a nightclub that <laughs> yeah. we haven't heard. And then I remembered that that yeah. little scene. He goes down. He's on the grooves of the record. It's like, oh, what tiny things can we see? <laughs> These are so microscopic. We take them for granted. <laughs> you know, and he gets kicked around, and then uh, eventually he gets into a vacuum cleaner chased by a rat, and oh, yeah. uh, shot out a window. It's, it's just basically as many silly things as can happen. And lands on Garrett Morris's cap. <laughs> Very weird. Okay, so here's here's a fun bit of trivia for you. Okay. After the movie, you said to me, hey, remember that Saturday Night Live skit where Ant-Man shows up and they're making yeah. fun of him? Yeah, Guess yeah. who played Ant-Man in that sketch? Really? Yes. That was Garrett Morris. That was Garrett That's Morris. That's perfect. Good night and <laughs> a pleasant tomorrow. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so Garrett Morris. So now two-thirds of the cast of uh, Two Broke Girls is now in the Marvel Universe. Uh, <laughs> uh, we need is that blonde girl who is not really that good. Uh, hopefully she shows up in a Thor movie. There you go. Just ignore it. Uh, yes, Garrett Morris shows up randomly because he played Ant-Man Very in that nice. sketch where he, I shrink down and I have the, I, but I still maintain the strength, <laughs> right. my normal I, strength. My normal human strength. Wow, strength of a human. <laughs> Very impressive. It's a great bit. It is a great bit. Look it up if you can find it. Uh, but yes, Michael Douglas is, uh, in the meantime, is, is speaking through Scott's ears, telling him that you need to, uh, you know, use this suit and blah, blah, blah. And Scott and you know, Scott's like, no, 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 no. And he goes and returns the suit. But as he returns the suit, he gets arrested. 
Yep. By the popo. Now he's in jail. Yeah. He gets arrested by his uh, daughter's no, he doesn't soon get to be by... stepfather. Well, no, uh, but yeah. right, that's right. They're they're clearly they're there though. They're outside. Him and his partner Avon Barksdale from The Wire. <laughs> Wait, that's... whose actual name I don't know and won't look up. I'm just gonna call him Avon Barksdale because that's that's, that's not way better. Striker, or what's what's the guy's name from the from The Wire? No, not the wire. Stringer Bell. Stringer no, that's Bell. That's Idris Elba. Yeah, that's Idris Elba. Okay. Yeah. He's also in Thor. <laughs> so the entire cast. That's true. Yeah. yeah. We're slowly working in a lot of the wire it's, into uh, well, the MCU. You're not going to get They're the mayor. They're absorbing everyone. You're not going to get the mayor because he was in uh, The Dark Knight Rises and he's currently on Game of Thrones. They could bring him in. They yeah. could get him in. <laughs> he's it going to talk like this. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, in the meantime, Scott's brought in front of his lawyer which turns out to be hank pym who's mm-hmm. mysteriously blocking the cameras with his ants yeah uh hank pym says the whole ant thing the whole bug thing where they're crawling around all over does that creep you it's, out it's really gross yeah like i don't like like we had a you know we've had a lot of rain and so everybody's been dealing with ants here a little bit and so you know i see him in like my living room and i'm like okay i'm emptying a can of raid in, in <laughs> front of the you know, in front of the windows again. Like, I can't Kevin put just enough opens crap up like down. a grenade. <laughs> and he still crawls out. Uh, it's just ridiculous. No, I, I, it's a little gross. A little bit disgusting. To, okay. To they made the ants cute in the movie. It's, probably made it's the cutest use of ants since Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I guess. Yeah. Which had a big practical, yeah. you know, uh, robot, you know, animatronic yeah. ant, which uh, that's I kind of missed That's not a really good way of talking about... Uh, uh, oh, damn, I can't think of his name. Rick Moranis. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he he was. Yes, he walked off the set and they ended up. Uh, or Matthew Frewer. He was replacing him with, with a yeah. giant animatronic hand. <laughs> um, so uh, Hank tells, uh, tells Scott that he needs to be yeah. on his guard. He's not going to give him a second chance, yeah. and a third chance. So in the meantime, Scott goes back to his cell, and the ants bring in the, the miniaturized suit. Bring in suit, a tiny version of the suit. And gets, then they count down. It gets rebigulated. Yeah. They and do a little countdown. It's kind of cute. And he flies with the ants, and yeah. he escapes, and everyone's like, where did he go? Yeah. There's no way he could have escaped unless he became super tiny, but that's impossible. <laughs> so I like the idea of, like, so when you're really small, obviously the size, everything is relative. Like, yeah. they did a good job, obviously, not really boring everyone and he jumps around a lot which makes it so that he goes really quickly but like just imagine the amount of time it would take you to like walk down that hallway and out of a police station it'd probably (laughs) be like a couple of minutes because it's probably like decent size you have to walk through everything he's super tiny and he's like running imagine it would still be like like a half hour it would take him to get out of that building you're you're absolutely right but that's why they have the flyy ant yeah carpenter ants which he doesn't get until he gets outside though Maybe, yeah, could be. I, I yeah, it was uh, a really long time. Is was, all I'm saying. It was like six hours. <laughs> it was a six hour escape. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of like wonky physics in it because like the whole the whole the whole point of the shrinking is is that the uh, the it pin particles the distance yeah. between your atoms. Yeah, because your which, at, cause how that doesn't cause just a nuclear explosion. I'm not entirely sure. Well, nuclear explosion is caused by the atoms splitting. By the actual breaking apart of an atom, creating the I'm thinking, right. Well, force. that's true. Crashing into each other that causes something fusion. else, probably right. F- that's yeah. fusion. But they're not crashing into each other. It's just that. The, but the I mean, space, if, in case they accidentally yeah. touched, right? Because now they're getting much closer together. That could well, be they accidentally touched. I mean, that's not going to necessarily cause fusion. Fusion is actually the smooshing together of the forces. Um, <laughs> I, I, either way, either way. But anyway, the the, the either s- way, he flies on a bug. 
Yeah, so he's not actually losing any mass. He's the same mass. Yeah. So as as we all know from high school physics, mass is just the amount of stuff you're made out of. So like, if he's flying on that ant, that ant is going to be crushed to death <laughs> by his mass. That's that's also very true. Uh, the ants could carry fifty times their own weight. Well, ants only weigh like, uh, like not a lot. Yeah, they they, they can they, carry like a peanut maybe. on their backs, like leaves. Walk you see around those leaf with cutter the, ants. You yeah. Know? It's uh, I find it once again science. Highly well, I mean, dubious. I've seen cartoons. I mean, they can carry off carry off like watermelons <laughs> from your picnic, like you know. They carry up the whole blanket. They carry up the the, the basket itself. Yeah, the basket because yeah. every picnic has a basket, of course. Sure. Well, usually that's taken by Yogi Bear. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so yes, the the ants take away all of uh, take away Scott. They take him to Hank Pym, where all of a sudden begins montage training yeah ba, 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 ba. gonna learn how to be the ant man <laughs> different you gotta types learn of how ants to punch and, and yeah. jump around yeah. oh yeah and learn about all the ants yeah like we, the crazy ants crazy like puppies my, my favorite is the bullet ant which is really because you know the on the pain scale they mentioned several times throughout the whole thing it's the most painful thing that you could have according to just science i guess or whatever the schmidt scale that if you get hit bit by a bullet ants the most painful thing i think number two they say is childbirth and number three is kidney stones oh yes now i've had a kidney stone number four by the way is getting stabbed in the knee <laughs> i've had a kidney stone before and i will tell you that when i saw a person get bit by the bullet ant and he's like ah oh that's it's painful oh yeah that's so painful i had a kidney stone and i couldn't talk okay <laughs> And that was number three on the list. This is number yeah. one. I was like, I, I was like, 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 I guarantee you, this guy gets bit by a bullet and he's like, Bleh! yeah, yeah, I, 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 severs his head somehow, <laughs> yeah. bites him so hard. It's like, oh god, the pain of it all. But yes, they have to plan on stealing the yellow jacket suit. Yeah, which doesn't make any sense. I mean. They, 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 their plan is to blow up the building, erase all the data, and steal a suit. But all three of those things could just be taken care of by the first blowing thing. up the building. Yeah, <laughs> the first thing was probably enough. Yes. So, but let's go. To, let's go with it. They gotta get a hold of the suit for reasons. So they, uh, they set up this whole heist. They realize, uh, in the meantime, Darren Cross comes across. He, he realizes. He figures out how to perfect the shrinking technology. Right. That you got to put it in a box. If you put it in a box, it shrinks properly. Ah, no box explodes. Exactly. Box shrinks properly. You got to put it in the box. You got to tap on your iPad. Yeah. Really hard. You got to tap these buttons, and then you're good. Yeah. It's, you know, my iPad freaks out ninety percent of the time if a drop of water ends up on it. So mm-hmm. I don't know why they would roll most of their sensitive equipment to iPads. No. So anyway. So they, they do this whole training montage. He gets better and better in, like, three days. He becomes super Ant-Man because yeah. that's all you need in the Marvel Universe is three days of training. Yeah. Uh, Darren Cross comes by, and he talks about how Hank Pym is a terrible father, even though it's not his dad. It's just He's just the protege. Uh, things like that. And Hope's like, Hope, his daughter, is played by Evangeline Lilly, who I don't even think we've really talked about too much. In we talked about her about as much as the, the movie, movie did. <laughs> She's a <laughs> very true. Uh, he he tells her that you know, uh, you know, he's he's abandoned us. You know, we don't have. Yeah. You know, like I didn't have yeah. you. You didn't have a choice. I had a choice. Blah blah blah. So they send uh, Scott out on his first test mission to get a MacGuffin. 
to help with the you know, yeah do wacky do wacky, and then he goes to Avengers headquarters and uh-huh. he fights the Falcon. Yeah, pretty cool scene. It was fun. He was yeah. only one who was free, but yeah. Uh, yeah. you know that's okay. Well, you he gotta, was like, yeah, sure, I'll be in the Ant Man movie. Well, you yeah. got to figure after Avengers two, uh, uh, Iron Man is no longer Iron Man. Tony Stark's not Iron Man anymore. Yeah, he gave that up again. Um, mm-hmm. Thor's being Thor somewhere, putting together another terrible movie. Um, Hawkeye's back on the farm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe he was the only one available. Maybe, you know, Natasha was out, I don't know, whispering to horses. Um, who knows? <laughs> That's a really obscure reference. With the guy, you know, the guy who was in charge of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Captain America, the Winter Soldier. I think he was in that movie, too. Wow. Um, so, yes, yeah, so he fights uh, the Falcon, blah, blah, blah. He yeah, wins. It's the first time you get to really see him, yeah. you know, in full control of being Ant-Man, kind of jumping around, um, sort of in alarmingly good control of it. Yeah. Again, after only three days, but that's I've been in control of my body for 35 years and I fall over (laughs) quite a bit. So, um, yeah, but he's a cat burglar, so it's okay. He can, oh, yeah, he's very agile. He's agile. So, he he does parkour as everyone in the Marvel Universe does, apparently. That's why he kept screaming that every time he did anything (laughs) parkour, parkour. So, the they decide to go attack the building, but they can't do it without the use of. Of the Three Musketeers. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so with the comic relief's comic relief. <laughs> Some silly T.I.'s stuff. T.I.'s ludicrous overacting. Not ludicrous. That's right. No, it was simply ludicrous. ludicrous. It'd be better if ludicrous played T.I. That would have been good, too. Yes. Uh, so they, they managed to break in. In the, in the standard heist way, you know, they're like, well, we're going to get in this way and we're going to mm-hmm. do this. And they explain what they're going to do as this stuff is happening. Yeah. So, like, a very heist, like, stereotypical yeah. heist movie. You know, like, these are going to do this as that's happening. You know, I'm yeah. going to go in through the water main and, you know, as opposed to Ant-Man getting really small and just hijacking his way onto, you know, the keychain. <laughs> just walking in the front door. Yeah, you know, they, well, because <laughs> I think the reason, because I thought of that, too, and I think the only reason that they didn't say, like, I'm just going to go in Evangeline Lily's pocket. Yeah. Like, was because he she mentioned that he's doing the full body scan. Yeah, maybe. And I guess that could have picked that up. But, like, that doesn't explain why he couldn't just, like, walk th- through somewhere else. Like, there's a window open somewhere, I'm sure. Or, like, I mean, you're <laughs> Who an ant size. left the window open? Yeah. You're an ant size. Ants get in every. There's probably a million ants inside that office building right there now. They ants... come up through the damn sinks. There's ants inside you right now. Well, that's the whole point. They go in through the water main like an ant would. Right, but, like, ants don't need a heist movie <laughs> to get into your office building. <laughs> well, this is a super smart tech. Uh, this is PIMCO. This isn't. You know, uh, they didn't make it ant proof. <laughs> I'm telling you now, they, they well, did not Hank, make that place ant proof. Hank Pym, knowing the Ant Man technology existed, truly made it ant proof. No, no, okay. no, he didn't. I'm just saying, that. he just, didn't. <laughs> just a, it's a theory. He only okay? just upped the security like the day before the heist, like <laughs> micro mesh could have been done a long time ago. Yes. So they, they go to do this, but before that, you have the emotional release of Hank Pym explaining to Janet, and uh, explaining to Hope what <laughs> happened yeah. What happened to his wife, to Janet. His wife, yeah. yes. That it she turns out subatomic. Yeah, you can never go subatomic. No. Never go subatomic. Once you go subatomic, yeah. you never go back atomic. <laughs> what? 
anyway, she work. she went subatomic and was lost because you she know lost in the the Matrix or something yeah, or a Stanley Kubrick movie. Just, I'm not sure. It's, my God, it's full of stars. <laughs> um, I like how going subatomic just it looks like a kaleidoscope. <laughs> it's true. It's fractals, man. Fractals. Yeah. Yeah. See, a, a kaleidoscope is a toy that we used to have where <laughs> we you never could had look a kaleidoscope. Into, I had a kaleidoscope, not a real one. I yeah. mean, I had the little cheap plastic thing, but yeah. yeah, you look into it and you could turn it, and fractals happened. Yeah. So the uh, probably got it in a Happy Meal. So then they hug and feel good about feel their it out. They hug it out. They hug it out, and then they go rob Pimco to go do this. They go through the water yeah. main. They fry this. They use the little uh, puppy. Crazy Everything ants. goes pretty well. Yeah. Oh. It, but however, Funny stuff outside with the cops and yeah. The well, that I was gonna say the security. Mike Pena gets S- some funny. Scott's bits. wife's new husband ends up uh, finding out that Hank Pym was the lawyer in the office, so he's gonna go arrest Hank Pym oh, under yeah. suspicion of stuff. Um, no. Yeah, a lot of flagrant uh, <laughs> yeah. police work there. Like I'm pretty sure. Like I, I certainly don't know this for a fact, but I'm pretty sure they also can't just like. You know, go up to a vehicle and then just like op- force it open and like demand that they get out and throw them on the ground just because they're standing there or just because they're parked there. Yeah. I don't know if they can do that either. There, there's a lot of yeah, pretty flagrant abuses of power here. No, no, no probable cause. I don't think. I mean, I think kind of had probable, the probable cause. Yeah, yeah, was like because he the stole horn. the car. He stole no, he stole the car. But he didn't know no, that that yeah, was the guy. Yeah, yeah. He had no reason to think that the guy was in there other than the, the horn. horn. And then he's yeah. like, that has some connection to. Paul Rudd, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Still, still pretty. I don't think it'd hold up. I think he's done really well for himself after what happened during the events of Blue Jasmine. So <laughs> it's very true. Very true. Um, that was for you, Kevin. That was Thanks. not for the listeners. Uh, so yeah, they uh, they they go in the heist is going pretty well. They uh, they managed to shut off the laser grid that was protecting the suit. Yeah. Uh, Darren Cro- uh, Cross goes in there and he oh he's selling it to guess who. He's selling the technology to Hydra. Everyone's favorite. Yeah. Go to generic villains. Hydra. Hail Hydra. Need a villain? Get some Hydra. Yep. They manage, they're going to sell it to Hydra. And, uh, oh, no, they, they trap Scott. He's 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 trapped now. Yeah. And they're, they're going to shoot Hank Pym and for, for reasons. Yeah. It's, it's like none of this, none of the plot really needed to happen this way. It was, it's very, very odd. <laughs> yeah. That. There's a lot of just leaps in logic and weird decisions that yeah. are made that I didn't always follow, but you, know, you went with it. I went with it. I was okay with it. Yeah. It's, well, I mean, heist movies are inherently kind of weird because, like, especially non bank robbery heist movies are inherently kind of weird like that, that you have to make leaps of logic to yeah. understand. Like, my favorite, of course, being uh, National Treasure. Yeah. We have to steal the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. No, you don't. <laughs> yeah. Heist movies have, have raised the stakes, I think, pretty significantly. Like, they just have to get, like, increasingly absurd. And we'll get to that when we get to the genre portion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Yeah. So, anyway, they, the, uh, Cross takes the Yellow Jacket suit. Thinking that he's one, escapes to the helicopter like every evil villain should at some point in oh, the movie. Yeah. Um, Hank Pym gets shot. They manage to blow up the building. Paul Rudd loses his favorite bug. He loses his favorite he bug. He uses his ride. Anthony. 
Anthony. L- l- like <laughs> ants have a as I as we said they have like a half life of six days. So yeah, I don't know. What, yeah, what he was that was getting pretty old. Yeah. That, anyway, that ant was he, he was didn't like, realize no. it was actually a different bug every single time because they just kept dying and getting Ant- squished. Anthony, he was only four days away from retirement. <laughs> uh, yeah, they have the big fight. And, uh, you know, before they're ma- they manage to escape, uh, Hank Pym manages to escape the building using a shrunken tank. Not only a tank, oh, yeah, but a Soviet T-34-85. Tank. There you go. That he drove out the building. You're waiting to bust that out. Yeah, World War II tech, yo. <laughs> hey, it was used by most by most uh, Eastern Bloc nations all the way up into the 1980s. Actually, it's still being used now in some African countries. Anyway. <laughs> I believe you. Yes. So they, they manage to escape, and there's the big fight that Darren Cross is all upset, so he goes to take out Scott's daughter, Cassie. Uh, you know, uh, they, they run to user, their, yeah, yeah, just kidnap her so that because he knows that Paul Rudd will they have will a, they have a, They have a big fight in the helicopter. They play the cure. So it was really funny when uh, Cross puts on the, the suit. Yeah. You know, you don't see it. You actually see the other bad guy. You know, who's the one who 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 Hank hits in the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's working for Hydra now. He's the one who's going to buy the tech. You actually see him. I actually thought he put on the suit at first. Yeah. Because he looks down at it, and he's in the frame. And then when you cut back to him next, he's in someone's in the suit. I don't... There was never a moment... I mean, it was a quick scene, so yeah. it's possible that I'd, I'm, I'd have I'm to, I'd have to rewatch it, but, it, yeah. But I really think, like, it was just strange. Like, I... I was like, okay, who's until he talks? I'm like, I don't actually know for a fact who's in the suit right now. It would make sense if it was Cross, but yes. then I was like, well, what happened to the other guy? He just died, I guess. Well, Darren Cross did a lot of cocaine and became a councilman for <laughs> right. Pennsylvania. His district got shut down. It was districts like naval base had to get shut down, or so something like that. I don't remember yeah. what happened. It, it was all bad. He he got into politics and. You know? I really didn't like House of Cards. I know people love that show. I don't like it. Uh, it's, uh, it, it jumped the shark very early for me, and yeah. I never did watch that third season. Yeah. I haven't checked it out yet. I didn't care for the second one a lot. So yeah. I didn't care for most of the first season. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, so the they end up fighting, you know, a fight in the kid's bedroom. Oh, and the only way Scott's going to be able to take him out is by going subatomic, <laughs> which I believe was also a song by Adam and the Ants. Um, <laughs> Might have been. So yes, he goes into Subatomic, Atomic, destroys it was a remix of Blondie's Atomic. It yes. was the B side, Subatomic. It was, Actually, it was, it was Dub Atomic. It was the, ooh, that the was, reggae version. Oh, I was gonna say Dub Atomic was probably the dubstep version. No, no, this is all this is all pre that. No, there was always the dub version of. Anyway, this doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> wow, never do that again. <laughs> That's my dubstep. I I I, I know. <laughs> Uh, so yes, he he destroys uh, Darren's suit. It gets blown up. Yeah. Uh, he goes subatomic and he remembers his daughter. So he takes one of the special uh, rebigulator discs. Yes. Puts it in his belt and becomes big again. You know what he needed instead of the discs? He just needed the the mushroom. If you eat from this mushroom, <laughs> oh, you yeah. get small. If you eat from oh, this no, mushroom, oh no, I was thinking the Mario big. Brothers one. So he could eat the mushroom and get big, and then oh, takes yeah, there the, you go. the flower, and then he can shoot fireballs. Right. Yeah. And, and then, then if you get, get the green one, then you get a one up. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> Gets the little leaf. He can get a little raccoon tail and fly. Uh, but only if you get some. some uh, yeah. He needs a run. He needs yeah, a running a run. start. Yeah. Then he can fly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
I like the Remigulator better. <laughs> yeah, he puts the disc in there, he gets big again, and all is well in the world. And it's a good thing that he comes back, like... We're not gonna get. I'm not gonna get into all of that, uh, the the subatomic thing. But it's a good thing that he comes back and then he's like standing on the ground. Like he doesn't come back and then he's like in the Earth's core. You know, yeah, like because yeah. he could have gone anywhere. Yeah. At this point, he's in some quantum realm in between. Well, the I, I kind of believe it's because whatever. because Cassie's voice is what draws him back. So he's I drawn guess. back to her. Also, magic. Magic. He didn't end up behind Ch- Jessica Chastain's bookshelves. <laughs> you already made that joke to me earlier. <laughs> I didn't make it on the podcast. That's true. I, <laughs> I'm allowed to remake jokes if they're recorded the second time. Remake! <laughs> yes, and so um, all is well. Uh, the movie ends. They're having a nice family dinner. The most disgusting family dinner oh. I've ever seen. I like, mean, if my wife is hard to look good. If but... I, my wife made that dinner, I'd smack it off the table and say, No! <laughs> Make me maybe a good sandwich. You'd go Hank Pym on her. Yes, I'd go Hank Pym on her. That's not funny. We don't endorse that. No, but I'm glad you actually made a Hank Pym wife beater joke. That was actually pretty good. Thanks. Um, Yes. In the meantime, uh, so cut to the end, uh, the very very end. uh, They got another job. Uh, Hank's got another. uh, uh, Scott's got another job coming up. Luis gives him another job, and he so guess someone's looking for him, and that person. Is a member of the Avengers. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I still don't understand what the job is. The job is that well, Falcon's looking for him. But he, I think we're we're gonna get to that. Well, I what suppose, happens the, is is the... that in the first uh, credit scene, we find that Hank has built a special super suit for his daughter Hope. Yeah, and she will be the Wasp version too. Yeah. Um, and also in the end to end, because since there's two, we find out that Captain America and Falcon have the Winter Soldier. Uh, in a basement, kind with of trapped. Yeah, yeah. And and they're like, "Who should we go? You know, should we go to Tony for help?" And then like, "I don't know." Blah blah blah. We can't go to him for reasons. So <laughs> you know, we we it looks like we're all on our own. And Falcon goes, "Nah, I know a guy." Yeah, it's Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> Bradley Cooper's Rocket <laughs> Raccoon. And then the end of the yeah, goofy go go music. Like, and that's our Ant Man. We'll return in the streets of San Francisco. <laughs> San Francisco. <laughs> oh boy. In the right hands, the relationship between man and suit is symbiotic. The suit has power. The man harnesses that power. You need to be skillful, agile, and above all, you need to be fast. You should be able to shrink and grow on a dime. So your size always suits your needs. Now dive through the keyhole, Scott. You charge big, you dive small, then you emerge big. Ow! Ah! Ow! Useless. Production notes! Your favorite part. Yeah, not really. Uh, <laughs> this movie had some insane history behind it. It was not an easy process getting no. this movie made. No, it wasn't. Okay, so um, going back before uh, the Troubles, as I like to call it, um, both that and the problems with Northern Ireland, um, <laughs> you, you, the movie was optioned all the way back into the 1980s. They wanted to do stuff with it. Um, even Howard Stern at one point, I think in the early 2000s, wanted to do an Ant-Man movie. Wow. Yeah, I think, but that's Howard Stern, so who knows? Yeah. Actually, you know, Private Parts was actually a pretty decent movie, so who knows? That's true. <laughs> um, that is true. Yes. So in 2003, Edgar Wright, you know, uh, the person who did not only 
the Cornetto trilogy, mm-hmm. uh, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End. The World's End. Yep. Also did Scott Pilgrim, another yep. underrated comic book movie. Uh, he uh, approached Marvel to direct this movie, and it was on the slate in 2006 of the initial run of Marvel movies when they did the Phase One Comic Con panel: Ant Man, The Incredible Hulk, Iron Man. That was the slate. Right. I remember that. So it's all the way back in 2006. So this movie's been in production since then, and this is Edgar Wright keeps writing the script, coming back. You know, never happy with what's actually going on. And I even remember there was probably shortly after that. Um, it wasn't right at that time because I know the movies were already kind of coming out at that point. But there was that um, there was like footage, like concept footage yeah. of like what that might look like. And it was interesting seeing some of that where he's running up the barrel of the gun God. and that kind of stuff, like what that might look like. Yeah, it was actually pretty cool. Yeah, people um, got jazzed for it. Yeah, and so it was kind of in a hold. They they said it was in a holding pattern for a long time, from you know from the initial concept of 2006 all the way to 2010, where they said that it's uh, it's where they started prepping the movie in 2010, which yeah. means they probably started doing a lot of the pre-production work, a lot of the costumes and things like that at that time. Um, 2011, is Scott Pilgrim versus the World comes out. Edgar Wright looks like he's going to move to Ant Man for his next movie. Um, once again, stalls again. Uh, at this point, uh, there's a lot of people that start getting attached to the movie. Some Avengers comes out. Uh, Edgar Wright actually has a, a clause when he's doing uh, Ant-Man saying, I don't want any characters from Ant-Man appearing in the Avengers. I don't want any of that stuff until I get a chance to do my movie. Still doesn't come out. 2013, uh, looks like it's moving forward. Then all of a sudden, boom, he's off the project. Yeah. Uh, kind of a, a big issue because... Edgar Wright is a fan favorite. People love his movies. Uh, yeah. Very pop culture influenced. And I think that was the main reason that people were really kind of into the idea of an Ant-Man movie anyway. And yeah. really excited about it as opposed to being like, oh, okay, well, I guess we'll see how this goes. Yeah, You know, Marvel had its, its goodwill, but, you know, not everything, as we've discussed, is uh, a, a, a hit out of the park, I guess. So... You know, I think Edgar Wright was going to be the the opportunity for for this to to be good. Yeah, uh, May twenty third, two thousand fourteen, they announced that they were he was leaving the project. Differences in the vision of the film. Yeah. Um, some people have speculated. I can't say too much of what's really happening, but I kind of go with the idea that uh, Wright wanted it to be very self contained. Marvel wanted it to be part of the universe. They wanted to bring in just a couple things, probably who knows what. Mm-hmm. Uh, or they weren't happy with some of the stuff that Wright really wanted to do with the characters, especially probably Hank Pym. Um, I know in the early drafts of the film, Hank Pym was the main character, but they thought, he's not really that family-friendly of a character. Yeah. I don't want to put him in as a main character in the movie. So they, they used, of course, Scott instead. Uh, so they bring in, to finish up the script, which Edgar Wright hadn't finished, they bring in Adam McKay and Paul Rudd, who is cast as Scott Lang sure. at this time. Adam McKay, of course, known for uh, all of the Will Ferrell movies, working yeah, with Judd Apatow. Funny, funny or Die stuff. The funny or Die stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of that stuff. So I'm assuming that they were brought in just to punch up the script, mm-hmm. probably not plot-wise. Um, the, you know, the movie was already written at that point. Probably yeah, Wright the, still gets his name on on the... Yeah, they the, say story right. by mm-hmm. you know, Edgar Wright. So I'm assuming that most of the main stuff, that was Edgar Wright's, and they just punched it up with some of the jokes. I mean, some of, you know, as we we called Michael Pena's character the comic relief to the comic relief, and I'm assuming Paul Rudd 
came in, wrote most of his little quippy dialogue that yeah. the Paul Rudd dialogue <laughs> that yeah. we're all so familiar with. Because Paul Rudd doesn't really play a character different than Paul Rudd mm-hmm. in anything. No. Paul Rudd just kind of looks like he's just walking through movies. Like, he's just like, oh, hey, yeah. I'm Paul Rudd. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in this movie today. <laughs> Ladies, please. <laughs> Not that I matter. Okay. I love Paul Rudd. Yeah. But, yes. And so they, uh, McKay got on there. And then it was ended up being Peyton Reed got attached to direct this. Now, Peyton Reed, um, I know him for one of my favorite movies of all time, Bring It On. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Uh, brought in to direct it, and there, there you go. I mean, they brought in Michael Douglas, of course, to play Hank Pym. There was a couple famous actors in line to play. The, you know, same thing. It's kind of like the um, Robert Redford role in Captain America: The Winter Soldier. He wanted the movie. He he said, "So my kids could watch a Marvel movie." BS. He got a a dump truck full of money brought up to his house and emptied, and he was like, "I'm happy to do it. Greed is good." Uh, <laughs> so they were able to, to finish the movie, and it finally got released within like a year. It, it was like, it was literally April, what I say, March of 2014. They were like, "Okay, we're we're moving ahead with this," and then they were able to finish it within that year and get it done. That's probably how far they were done with pre-production at that point, where they Marvel probably told right, it's like it's do or die. You have to either shit or get off the pot. And yeah. he was like, uh, I'm not done shitting. And so they were like, okay, we're going to give it to someone else. To direct, yeah. You know. That could be. Yeah. That, that's what it seems like. I mean, the the rate that they rushed in this movie came out after they had done that just goes to show you, this is how far we are done with pre-production. We have to go to production at this point. Yeah. So. What are your feelings on the film? You know, let's we could kind of combine feelings of the film in with genre because I, you know, sure, yeah, because we we talk we, about genre a lot. This is the end of phase two. Phase two is all genre movies. Uh, this is a heist movie. We end on a heist. Yeah, this is, and I think it's it's important to d- differentiate a heist movie from a con movie. They're very similar. They're like in the same right. branch of the movie yeah. tree. Mm-hmm. Like a, a heist movie is something like the cons. The, the, those are generally more cerebral. Yeah, They're that, more twisty plots and yeah, things like that. Like it's American of, Hustle or mm-hmm. um, what's the what's or Ocean? Con Air, which is about <laughs> yeah conning airplanes yeah. or I'm you know sure. Matchstick Men or right. Um, Ocean's Eleven. Mm-hmm. Ocean's Eleven could kind well, of. Ocean's you know, Eleven is a heist. It's movie. a heist. No, it's not a con. It's, it's a heist no, con. It's, it's a yeah. It's yeah, true. It's, it's a little bit of both. It has yeah. some of the hallmarks of both. But yeah, a heist, yeah. Um, in the vein of clearly like the Mission Impossible movies. Yeah, I mean, a like very effects oriented heist movie. Well, yeah. The, the well, a heist movie can also be like The Job or Heat mm-hmm. or you know, it's a movie where the big centerpiece of the movie is the action in retrieving whatever they are trying to steal. Yep. And how they are going to steal it is also part of the hallmark of a heist movie. Yeah. You know, I think the movie does a decent job with it. It's just that doing a heist movie where, you know, where it's all special effects like this, it's it's kind of, it just seemed like a little too easy of a heist. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. There, there was, that was my big problem with it as a heist, heist movie, movie yeah. because once it was clear to me 
that that was what they were going to go for, which I didn't know. I mean, I didn't know yeah. anything about, I mean, I knew enough about the movie kind of going in, but I didn't know that it was like going to have a big sort of a heist yeah. sequence. Although that makes sense. Cause I mean, they said from the plot in the trailer, like you're going to go in and you're going to steal this. I mean, that was clear, yeah. but no, it was never, we didn't know why he really stole the thing in the, first time when he went into the avengers thing nor did we see it we never actually yeah, went they never into did anything that with building it. it was like a cell jammer or something like yeah that. we never went into that building so yeah. that was kind of weird and then when we get to the actual big heist we pointed out it, earlier that there were kind of some some logical problems yeah. associated with that anyway yeah. and when you're talking about i got a super suit and i'm jumping around in a yeah. bunch of ants it's like it's not really a heist it's just a big cg action sequence well, and that's and that's kind of the thing too that i, I found was kind of weird like you have the opening heist where he's trying to break into hank pym's safe mm -hmm. and, and hank pym likes the fact that he's so um resourceful like he's able yes. to do all this stuff none of which comes into play during the main heist no he gives him every single step along the way these ants are going to do this these ants are going to do this this is when you do this suit yeah. here's yeah. the little thing that makes the grid go down yeah and he which never is had to be resourceful yeah, which is kind of funny because, like, I think which would have would have made it a more interesting scene would have been Darren Cross knowing that Ant Man was coming, like, because he kind of already did. He set up he a did. PowerPoint in Absolutely. the room. He had it ready to go. Yeah, it was, he was just like, "Excuse me a second, while I boot up Windows, so I can show you this PowerPoint <laughs> about Scott Lang." Um, but yeah, it says it there's no monitor connected. It's why does it say there's no <laughs> monitor? You gotta hit Control F four. What? I don't, I have a Mac. What do I, how does this, <laughs> it's a Mac. Do I, which Apple button do I, anyway. Does this thing even have PowerPoint on it? <laughs> no, it has pages. Pages, what is, what's pages? Uh, it says I got to update Java. I have to. <laughs> what's a Java? <laughs> um, yes, I mean, it would have been a little more interesting since he knew he was coming to see it be more of. Based off of right now, he's. I mean, and they got to that point where he was trapped. But like earlier, that would have made more sense. Where it was well, like there even, was no, there were no obstacles until yeah, he just it failed. It would have been more interesting to see him do more like Darren Cross is knowing he's coming, setting up specific traps to trap Ant Man, and then Ant Man using <laughs> setting his, up ant traps. Yeah, ant traps. That's what you're saying? <laughs> oh, this house looks really good. <laughs> God, that smells amazing in there. What's this giant black box? Uh oh. <laughs> No, but like setting setting up <laughs> setting up like these intricate traps, like and then he goes raid <laughs> in a puff of smoke. Yeah, anybody? Yeah. We may have dated ourselves on that commercial. Giant, you know, like he said, like microfiber mesh. Like seeing him get past the microfiber mesh, or seeing him do yeah. this or that, you know, to get through these traps would have been yeah. much more interesting. No, it didn't. It, yeah. yeah, it it, it never. There, there were no real obstacles for him other than the ones that they already knew about and yeah. planned for. Yeah, like the the water main thing was the most interesting thing. It was like that they they read, they heard all about this, and then in the planning stage where they bring in the three criminals to help them out, mm -hmm. you know, they're like, okay, well, you just go on the computer and you type this in, and that'll take care of this, and then yeah. you go in there and you turn this lever, and that'll help me get in, yeah. and that's it. Oh, that was it. Yeah, yeah it's like, boring. Boring. <laughs> We're gonna shrink down all the dynamite onto the ants and have the ants rebigulate the dynamite and blow it all up. It was a lot of just little magic things happening, and 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 it's it, and you knew it was. It's been in your head all day. I've been dealing with this. The we we talked about. See now, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> 
You distracted me with Queen <laughs> again. Sorry. I can't remember. Oh, it's it's okay. okay. But I mean, like, in, t- in terms of the heist, it's like I did like the planning stuff. I like I like movies like that. I like it where they where they're like, okay, so we're going to do this, 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 and this. And then they go forward yeah. to do it. And, of course, there's always going to be something that prevents them. Right. You know going in that they're not going to do it that well because yeah. you know there has to be another big sequence. He can't just win at this point in the movie. Yeah. You obviously know that something else is going to happen. There's going to have to be another confrontation. It'd be great if they brought back Garrett Morris at the end. <laughs> Where you want to go? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I, I think that it, that could have made that a, a lot more engaging and, and interesting if you were if you were you're rooting for them and you know that there's going to be something happening you need to you need to have that you need to have you know dropping down and then like the guy who's supposed to leave turns around and comes back in like in mission impossible you yeah know? exactly like that kind of thing has to happen in the heist movie and every time that happened they Pena punched him the in the face. <laughs> it did. That was it. And it was like, I didn't know that he could even knock a dude out with one punch. That wasn't really established. I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that I mean, either. I don't think Could've, I well, can. Well, that's why they call him One Punch Pena. That's true. He did say he was the only one who knocked, knocked out that's right. the guy. I, we may have just realized <laughs> well, that was it. He's the only one who knocked out that's an interesting, the big guy. But, you know, the funny thing is, is that they do that twice at the end of the movie. Because he punches out the first security guard, and then he punches out the second security yeah. guard, which would have been better if he did that once, and then he said... You either do it once or do it three times. That, yeah. That's the only Well, he does way technically do it three times, because he says in the, the first I know, time. But yeah. now, but, but on I mean, screen. But what I'm saying is, is that it would have made more sense for him to reference. He goes, only guy to knock out Peaches. I think that was his name, right? Peaches? Or something I like that. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to call him Peaches. <laughs> sure. Yeah. He's like, only guy to punch out Peaches. Like, if he just said that to himself, then it would have been like... Oh, he's yeah. really good at punching. <laughs> he's good at punching. That's his. That's his skill. Yeah, that's his skill. I think that would have that would have helped out, you know. But uh, okay, so I mean, like as a heist movie, it's it's fun. It worked. It's like there's two types of heist movies. There's serious heist movies, and then there's kind of well comedic a heist, heist movie would have if it was really a heist movie, it would have ended with the reveal that. Some you know some reveal that See, they really wanted him to get the suit out, and that was all part of the plan. He didn't actually fail. Like that's not always necessary. That's that maybe, can be a, that not. can be a hallmark of a heist movie or a con, that's usually more of a con movie. You don't where that want happens. it to be. I mean, because there's also heist movies like I don't know Kubrick's. Uh, is it the killing? Is the oh, killing the yeah. one? With I've the, never watched uh, the killing with the. Um, with the with the finals that crazy final scene with the with the briefcase opens and the money gets everywhere. Spoilers uh, for a movie from like nineteen sixty. I thought you didn't even like that movie. <laughs> it's okay. It's I mean it's early Cooper. It's like its second or third movie. It's not very good, but it's Paz of um, Glory was the first one, I think. Not his first one, no. Well, I mean this is pre doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> this, these are his this is really a second Kubrick early... reference of the podcast too. This that's true. This is his very early. Uh, anyway, it, movies like that where they're heist movies, where um, the 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 heist, the robbers, whoever they are, the people doing the pulling off the yeah. heist, don't get away. But that's usually when they are criminals, yeah. but not the kind of criminals you're rooting for, like in Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, they're the kind of criminals you aren't rooting for, and it's about that movie's a lot of fun to watch because you are there's really you're not you're kind of rooting for them because they're the protagonists of the movie, but they're not the kind, the good ones that you would root for. Well, and it's also because they're so damn smarmy in that movie. 
It's, well, no one know. talks like that, Steven Soderbergh. Stop yeah. it. <laughs> You t- oh, you talking about Ocean's Eleven? Oh, yeah, that's what I thought you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. No, Ocean's Eleven. I mean, you root for them because they're they're likable and quippy and they're good looking yeah, and they're famous George faces and, and yeah, Casey Affleck and <laughs> and Elliot Gould. And Elliot Gould, inexplicable, just a weird old crazy looking Elliot Gould. Yeah, just leaning into that old age. Carl Reiner, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> but that's why I feel like Ocean's Eleven is more of a con movie because it's. It's all about the twist. It's all about they're conning the job. They're using the heist as part of the con, the long con with with uh, uh, but see, Joey Zaza's say... character. Not right, Joey right, Zaza. Right. Um, the other one, the other Corleone. What, I can't think of his name. Andy Garcia. They, they're trying to do it so that to, to fool Andy to fo- Garcia. Right, exactly. So the heist is just part of the con. Well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, then you would say like a movie like the original Mission Impossible. Yeah. Um, well, is... I mean, it's a heist, but then there's also that that bit at the end where, you know, they're they're stealing the thing, but then it's like, oh, but then there's a reveal about yeah. how they, you know, what they're supposed to yeah. do with the thing and what the thing is and the I list, mean, the knock list. There's no yeah, the knock list. <laughs> I couldn't remember <laughs> the thing. It's I couldn't remember what it's called. Yeah. The I, I wouldn't have been able to pull that out of my head. <laughs> I actually watched it not that long ago. It's a weird so rewatch. Can, so you could prep yourself for Mission Impossible Five. That's what I was going to do, and then I realized that I couldn't stream two or three, and I was really annoyed that I can stream one and four. Three's good. Two is just the See, I weirdest. hated three, and I really want to rewatch three because it's not totally fair. I watch it on it's an airplane. It's also got Carrie Russell on it. In it. I know, but I watch you it on an airplane, which is never the great yeah. way to watch one of those movies. No. Um, also but fans- I remember liking two, and... First one's Brian De Palma. I yeah, mean, well, I was like, they always have good directors, and they always have really good soundtracks, like yeah. you know, like scores and soundtracks in those yeah. movies. Um, but anyway, I Tom wouldn't Cruise call is just that a con either necessarily yeah. a movie. I mean, it's not a heist movie either. It's more like this, where it's an action movie with a big heist, heist. sequence. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. That's but a I good... still think you need that thing to make it because at, at some point it has to be about reveals and tricky and it just becomes like every marvel movie it ends with punching yeah and in this case lasers well yeah and i, I think that the like uh, mission impossible is a great the first mission impossible is a great example because you have that very iconic scene of him getting lowered down over yeah, the and grid. that's and i kept thinking of that during this movie because he's coming in through the the ductwork and he's coming yeah. and he comes down to and, get the suit and you kept waiting for that to happen and the thing about the laser grids yeah. and like you 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 were like oh there's so many tra-, but he just walks right through all of them yeah and doesn't worry about any of that stuff like and, and the tom cruise one it's like he's like dripping sweat and he like can't drip the sweat yeah he has to catch the sweat you know another great heist movie that not a lot of people remember is sneakers with Robert Redford, oh, with the computer yeah. one, I can't, I can't speak to that one. I but there's know. a there's a great scene where they're trying to steal something, and isn't Dan Aykroyd in that? Movie? Yes, he is. He plays a character <laughs> named Mother. Um, but he has to, they have to walk incredibly slow because uh-huh. of motion sensors. It was like you yeah. know early '90s motion sensors, and it's just like it's really it's like that where it's like how are they going to get past these security measures? And in this movie, mm-hmm. they don't necessarily do that. But or it's the really rock. Or the the rock would be another, another great, great one. one. Yeah. Set, also set in San Francisco. See, we could have <laughs> we could have been making rock references yeah. this entire this entire podcast. Just just wait. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, 
But it's like, okay, like a so spoiler for your re you just gave me you tipped your hand I did on your, tip my hand on your a recasting. Bit. Yeah. So anyway, uh, aside from the 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 heist stuff with with kind of the plot issues on there, what do you think about like the acting in the movie? Uh well, TI was terrible. Um <laughs> What about Tiny? Was Tiny in the movie anywhere? Tiny and TI? Weren't they a thing? I don't I don't know what you're talking about. I think they had a reality show called TI and Tiny. Oh, I'll let you I'll let you have that one. I don't know. Yes. Um I mean, Paul Rudd was very Paul Rudd through the whole thing. You know, Evangeline Lilly just sort of had... She had weird crying face she's throughout just, the movie. Yeah, she just does that face that she's RBF, made man. forever. Yeah. Michael Douglas was pretty good. He's fun to watch. I like Michael Douglas in this movie. He's he always was, fun to watch. He kind of is. Like, you tend to forget that Michael Douglas is actually like a really good actor. I don't. I, yeah, but I, I, mean, I, I actually say that uh, every night before I go to sleep. But I mean, like, what when was I the say last... my prayers, I, last... I say, God bless mommy and daddy. <laughs> and then I say, and God bless Michael Douglas and his continued but I mean, like, outside... brilliant acting career. Aside from, like, Wonder Boys, like, he hasn't done anything lately. Like, Wonder Boys is the last big thing I can remember him from. I mean, he's done a lot of stuff. I mean, stuff. I'm sure there's, yeah, we're both reaching for our yeah. phones. I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of, of movies that he's been in, like, really recently. Um, but as I'm looking, not many, nothing that I saw last Vegas, I remembered hearing about, and he was in that behind the candelabra thing. Oh yes. He was in behind the candelabra where he played the amazing, uh, mm-hmm. Liberace in that movie. But a lot of support, no real leading roles, which was, I suppose this was a, a supporting role as well, but it, it was a very, it was a very central kind of supporting role. It wasn't just like, you know, I mean, shit, the game, basic instinct falling down. Even yeah. Basic Instinct is a really good movie. <laughs> I have to rewatch the game. I remember hating that movie. Or at least the ending I remembered really hating. But now I think I get. That's Soderbergh, right? Uh, I believe so. I think I, I feel like I get Soderbergh a little bit more now than when I. <laughs> but can you when ever really out. get a handle on oh, Soderbergh? Oh, no. Yeah. No. He is the unknowable. <laughs> the, the unknowable Steven Soderbergh. <laughs> It's like his comic book, like, like instead of like the (laughs) astonishing Ant-Man, it's like the noble Soderbergh. (laughs) I did notice uh, when uh, when uh, the bad guy, when Cross said uh, the astonishing tale. Tales to astonish. That's uh, right. Yeah. And I and I appreciated uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. I I liked a lot. Uh, I I really like the character stuff. And I think Marvel's getting better at a lot of this character stuff, Mm -hmm. like little character things that just make you like. There's t- there's always like two movies that are going on at the same time. Generally, you have the action punchy movie yeah. that like I don't want to say the masses go to, but those are like the that's what they're expecting to see. And I think that's like the Thor movie. And that's why I always have a problem with people who say like, "Oh, I kind of liked Thor." And I'm like, "Hey, did you fucking watch that movie?" <laughs> and they're like because they don't watch it on a different level. They don't watch it on a level of actually like caring about the characters or anything like that they just expect a punchy movie yeah and i there's that movie and there's also the character movie that makes marvel movies interesting at least to watch like develop yeah, yeah develop not necessarily development of character but like who this character is why i should See, care about that character i thought it was pretty flat in the character department because yeah. you know i think this might have been another case not as egregious as Thor. Nothing is as egregious as Thor, but there might have been a case of a few too many characters. You think so? I didn't um, feel it was as bad as Thor. I th- no, not at all. But I but I think it was approaching. We were approaching Thor capacity. We were approaching peak Thor, <laughs> where there was just you know, and, and I guess I get it, but I felt like maybe 
they needed those extra. They needed the three guys because they were going for this heist element. But I don't. But because the heist thing didn't work, I felt like the characters weren't entirely necessary. I think they would have been had the heist thing played out a little bit better. I think they introduced them completely wrong. When 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 you're doing a heist movie, and this is serious, you introduce them based on their their their, abilities. Their abilities, and they tried to do that. Ti's ability was to be black. In the right place and steal a cop car. Yeah, and to and and for the cops to to recognize that there was a black man stealing their car. Well, that was it. I I think. And then the other guy was computers, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's the thing is like what they needed to do is they need, needed to introduce these guys in prison. Yes. They needed to say like this guy's driver, this guy's uh, a computer guy, this guy's an ele- you know well Scott's the electrician, and then right. you have this guy makes waffles. So that's why. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like you needed to have, or like this guy's the face guy. This guy's the yeah, the the guy who gets you. The it was job. too random. That's well, it's telling that that's when they said, "Well, who are you?" And Ti just goes, "I'm Dave," yeah. because he had no ability. Release. His ability was to be Dave. Dave. Yeah, and that's the the interesting part. Like when you're doing that, you need to, a heist movie always introduces people like. This is the fixer. This yeah. is the driver. This, yeah. Yeah, that's how you introduce people. And that people would have been a really yeah. fun way to go about this movie. Yeah. But instead, it was just a lot of like, you need to do this thing. You got to do it for your daughter. But now that I'm thinking about it, there, were, there was an A, B, and C plot in this movie. There was the Scott and his family plot. There was the heist plot. And then there was the, the Hank Pym and his daughter plot going on. I mean, the Hank yeah. Pym and his daughter well, plot I mean, was... It was a part of the the, the other plot. Yeah. I mean, they were definitely trying to do this thing of, like... And, they and were I trying to mirror Scott's that. relationship with his own daughter. Right. To say, yeah. like, look how this thing... You know, you're going to... You know, this thing ruined my relationship with my daughter, or I let it ruin my relationship with yeah. my daughter, but you're going to use it to save and repair your, your relationship. relationship with your daughter. Blah, blah, blah. I get it. That's fine. <laughs> I get it. I took a writing class. <laughs> <laughs> I've read a script once. Uh, I, I think that that stuff was all fine, and Marvel tends to to really try to do that. And I think that that worked in the sense of this movie being smaller than some of the other movies, yeah. which I think is an important thing to kind of talk about because, you know, this comes right on the heels of Age of Ultron, which is like, <gasps> oh, it's just, it's, it's. You know, it's 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 a city in the sky. It's a floating city. They even reference, they reference it in the movie too. Earth yeah. and <laughs> the movie itself was a floating city in the sky. No, I mean <laughs> that's those movies are always going to keep going big. And I think this was nice in the sense of uh, you know, I don't want to call it a return to form, almost a defiance of form for Marvel to say, look, we can still do a small somewhat standalone movie where it's really centralized only one building yeah uh explodes into nothingness and then another one has a giant thomas the tank engine crash through it but that's about it yeah not a lot of other i like that when the building big destruction when the building exploded me and you both went that's a lot of jobs lost in the tech sector (laughs) i know there's some there's gonna be some like receptionist who's just watching this on the news like oh come on really uh all right <laughs> but yeah I, I do think it's 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 almost like a mimic uh, like it's, it's kind of meta that a movie about a guy shrinking is like shrinking down the marvel movie into something and smaller I, and, I, and, and this is actually the shortest worked. marvel movie it didn't feel like it no i'm kidding no it was fine um, yeah, I thought it was like the perfect length i didn't feel like it yeah. was overlong it was, i didn't feel like it was too short it it worked a lot of things about it worked i just felt like so much of it came across very flat yeah um 
I think there's some some parts of the A, B, or C plot could have been reserved for a sequel, which you know is going to come. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how every uh, we get. To, I mean, we I don't know if we necessarily bring it up, but the movie debuted, and it was like, oh, this is a failure for Marvel. It opened at fifty eight million dollars. <laughs> they're right. like, well, what did all the other movies open up at? Sixty four million dollars. Like what? Yeah. Like, People were actively rooting for this movie to fail. They I were. Feel. Well, I think the the Edgar Wright thing. Uh, you yeah. know, they're gonna blame Marvel for that. They're gonna say that he was forced out, whether or not that's true, or whether or not it was justified him being forced out. Yeah. We can't say, and you know, is besides the point for a lot of those fans. They're gonna say yeah. this is gonna be a terrible movie. It's not about the Avengers. Yeah. You know, nobody nobody cares. You know, I feel like people were rooting against Guardians also yeah but as we discussed uh <laughs> and totally did that one too uh guardians yeah uh people just people couldn't help it people fell hard for that movie i th- i think part of what people fell hard for that movie based on numerous reasons but i think part of it was the trailer um I, we don't normally yeah. talk about trailers that often but guardians of the galaxy's trailer started off with uh was it blue suede Mm-hmm. Um, hooked Uga on a Chaka. feeling. Mm-hmm. I like how I call it by the real name, and you call it. I Uga call Chaka. it Uga Chaka. That's uh, that's actually very. Uh, yeah, the the music yeah. it it clearly looked, and plus, I mean, people were 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 getting pretty high on Chris Pratt at that point. So yes, yeah, true. You know, it's it's important that you know. I, I mean, people like Paul Rudd, but Paul Rudd's also been around for a while. It's true. You know? but I think, but what, the, but I think more than anything is Guardians. The trailer for Guardians had the right tone. It, they showed that it was yes, it's a, a, yeah. a, a sci-fi comedy. It's 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 a science fiction and kind of epic in the in the scale of Star Wars or something like that. But yeah. it's also got very comedic. It doesn't take itself super seriously. Um, and I think a lot of people like, like for I, for example, mm-hmm. really like James Gunn as a director. Sure, yeah, and, and as a writer, and I think mm-hmm. he's done some great stuff. As we talked about in the last podcast, as a podcast for Guardians of the Galaxy, two podcasts ago, two podcasts ago. Uh, I really like James Gunn, and so I knew going, and a lot of people knew going in that this is going to be something different. This is going to be something fun. Ant Man, the trailers were all over the place. The trailer was, I remember the first full trailer that we really got to see was started out like every Marvel movie, and then there was a little bit of like, oh, the name is silly. Yeah. His name, Ant Man. Like, it was clear that there were going to be little jokes and you were going to get, I mean, you cast yeah. Paul Rudd in your movie. Actually interesting. Now that I think about it, that scene that was in the trailers where he says like, Ant-Man. I'm Ant-Man. And then he goes, I know I didn't pick the name yeah. or whatever. Don't think that made it actually no. made it into the movie, which happens all the time and is not a huge deal, but it was kind of funny because I was sort of waiting for that. And I was yeah. actually glad they cut it because I think it everybody didn't was work. sick of hearing it landed, about it. It landed completely flat. It landed all the flat jokes in the trailer. All so the that j- was jarring. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Did not psych people up. All the all the jokes about the Ant Man name were pretty much cut from the movie. I laughed. I still laughed in the moment at the little tank, the little Thomas, oh. <laughs> when it, because I I actually liked that because they did that a few times, even during that scene where where I felt like they were taking the wind a little bit out of the big punching scene at the end because it would cut and then you'd see like something silly happened, like yep. the ant getting really big. Or you'd cut and you'd see that the the train, or you'd it would become really apparent that the two ants getting squished, you know, yeah. which was a little sad. But then you saw them being you know, the squished on the thing. Like yeah. I felt like they were they were trying was... to play with that a little bit. I don't know that it totally worked. I think there was, but there was. I think the biggest issue came about because his daughter was being 
basically held hostage at that point. There and, was there yeah. was, that, that's kind of scary, and you can't really have comedic elements when someone is in danger by a laser person. You know, yeah. uh, especially yeah. when it's like a little kid. Like if right. it was like like Judy Greer like being held hostage, you'd be like, okay, yeah, whatever. She likes you know, she's the mom in every movie. Yeah, might have been a <laughs> yeah, might have been a bad call. Yeah, and so I mean. Some of it was funny, some of it wasn't. So I mean, that's kind of the weird issue on on that point. But I, I overall though, it's like it's one of those movies that when you're in the moment watching it, you enjoy it, and you can step back. And when you're dissecting it, you're like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But at least if you're in the moment, you're watching it, you do enjoy it as a movie, and which I did. I liked it. Mm. I think you even said like, I liked it. It was good. It was good. Yeah, that's about as as strong as I'll probably commit. But <laughs> yeah. yes. On a scale of one to Thor, it definitely was a one. <laughs> <laughs> one to Thor. It wasn't Thorable. No, it was not Thorable. So where do, where do you rank Marvel's Ant Man in uh, on your A B C D E F or A B C D F scale? I am gonna give it a C plus. I think that there wasn't enough to really make me really genuinely love it. But I also figured I I I, I didn't hate it. I mean, yeah. I was very average on this movie, very middle of the road. Um, but I'm thinking of you always ask me. We 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 go with the this those right i still because i'm active on letterboxd or for example like i i still go with the five stars yeah and i'm probably not going to give this two and a half stars i'm probably going to give it three yeah so that would be six stars so i don't know what how that i forgot yeah. how that is with the scale when i don't have it in front of me but i'm going to go ahead and say it's probably a c plus maybe a b minus if i'm feeling really generous yeah, I, I i was when i was thinking about this in my head i was kind of like do I want to give it a B? Do I want to give it a B minus? Yeah. I, I'm going with a B just because there was the moments that I really liked that surprised me in the movie. Like Michael Pena's character in the movie surprised me because I thought he was so enjoyable to mm-hmm. have a character like that in the movie that's goofy and silly and tells those long rambling stories that you're kind of just – it's like you get it. It's it's funny. Yeah. Um, I like that. There was just surprising things that I did enjoy. I loved, like, surprise. We didn't really talk about it too much, but the scene with Michael Douglas in, uh, in the Wasp, you know, with Hank. Oh, where Pym he's relating and, that story. Where he's relating that. Mm-hmm. I really liked that. I thought that was super. I was like, show me more of that. Show me well, some. Well, sure. Yeah, Michael. That's Michael Douglas it, 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 doing what he does well. Yeah. You know. Well, I. It's like I want to see a, a Cold War Marvel movie with Ant Man and Wasp fighting the Soviets. That's what I want to see. You may see one. No, I, I guess I just think like, you know, Guardians was was definitely I, I'm not going to say my one of my favorite 
movies of last year, but it was um, up there. It was on the list yeah. um, somewhere in my top, let's say, 30. But uh, it's good it's for a, good a superhero movie, yeah. movie yeah. for me. You know, yeah. for the fact that it's even, I'm even considering it. Like, I would not never consider either of these movies. Marvel canon has done a lot better. And I think that's the the main reason that I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm disappointed necessarily. I think it was just a very average superhero movie that they made. And I felt like they definitely missed a lot of opportunities to, to really take this to another level. And I think that happens a lot of the times with when you have so much yeah. going on behind the scenes with the production and the right, you know, the creator story, the creator of the story being kind of forced out. And like a lot of that, I think really yeah. impacted the finished product. I, I agree with you. I, I just think I give it a B just because I liked a lot of the performances. Uh, and I also, I, in the moment I enjoyed the movie. I also enjoyed that. It was very short. Um, <laughs> there you go. But I, I do think that it, there was a lot of things that kept it from achieving levels like Guardians of the Galaxy or the first Avengers or Captain America the Winter Soldier. Yep. Okay, so this is the last movie we're going to do in the 1990s. Yeah, so, this is um, it. So let, let's just start it off with uh, Ant-Man. Who'd you put as your, uh, let's say your, your Scott Lang first. My Scott Lang? Yes. Uh, I wanted tonally the right uh, kind of thing. I didn't quite go as uh, as as funny, silly, cute. I get, Well, I guess I did, now that I think about it. Yeah. Uh, I went with, uh, and I think I talked about him during... Winter Soldier, but I didn't end up going with him, so I think I'm safe, although I'm in danger of, of ruining some of these um, by recasting people of the same character. Went with Will Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I thought he could pull it off. I, I think he could still pull it off today. Okay. So he could have played him right I think, now, I think. I think in the, in the timeline, this puts us about 1997, 96, 97. Yeah. Yeah. Those men I in could, black. Yeah, I could see him doing that. That would he'd actually work pretty well with the movie. No, oh. I went with Nicolas Cage. Really? Yes. Wow. I haven't cast him in anything yet. Okay. Um, I definitely was, considered him in this was movie. Very, very close to being my Hawkeye. Oh, okay. as we all know from the last podcast. Right, who I you cast may as have my mentioned Hawkeye. that. Yes. yes. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Uh, Nick Cage. I just I like the idea of of having. Like watching this movie, I'm like, man, Nick Cage did this better in National Treasure. Wait, let's just put Nick Cage as Ant Man. Like, I could grow small and I could get really big. You know, like that sort of Nick Cage, like crazy Nick Cage. Yeah. And it'll make a lot more sense when you hear the rest of my casting. Okay. Okay. Um, did you give anyone for uh, Hope? Uh, I did. I said, uh, I went with Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler? Yeah. Why not? Uh, it's just close to Armageddon at that time. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I I actually went with Elizabeth Shue. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. I figured they had the they had the good dynamics in leaving Las Vegas. There you go. And I That's also true. think yep. Elizabeth Shue is one of the most criminally underrated actresses in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like she never gets her due. Like she was in Hollow Man. Like wow. <laughs> that is true. Uh, who who else did you did you cast? I got a couple more. Well, I did cast Hank Pym. Okay, who'd you put? Is your Hank? Um, my Hank Pym. I went with John Hurt. Ooh, but. In the back of my mind, I also kind of want Sean Connery. You know, I was going to go for the rock Sean Connery as the uh-huh. Hank Pym. You, you're going to love who I went with as my Hank Pym. This is, you got to remember, this is the 90s. Okay. Marlon Brando. Wow. You see, uh, <laughs> I created the Ant-Man suit so I could get really small. Like just like him sitting, like all Hank Pym would do in that movie oh, is you... sit in the basement. And like he'd be yeah. in a chair, just like I made the suit so that you could sneak in and steal the yellow jacket. <laughs> and this is gonna make more and uh, more sense when you when you when you when you get You think that the actual current production was problematic for Marvel. <laughs> just imagine if they tried to put Brando in this movie. Oh no. my god. <laughs> Um, oh god! But you. But okay, so it's gonna make. A, it's, okay, it's. I'm, I'm building up. Who else something. did you cast? I cast Darren Cross. Okay, and who was that? Um, Bobby D. Bobby De Niro. Wow! Really? Yeah. Okay. Because okay, so what I'm going for is I'm going for a little bit of the. Um, uh, uh, I'm going for a little method acting. Yeah. On the movie, I want De Niro. I want Brando. I want Cage. I want these three people who are complete method actors uh-huh. to go at it with each other on screen. Like I like the idea of De Niro playing the protege to Brando. Sure. And then getting like like how come he never liked me? I don't get why he didn't like me. What's going yeah. on? You know, like that sort of thing. Like De Niro in the in the 90s, you got to remember like what's going on in 97 for De Niro. Heat? Uh maybe. Yeah. Around, the mid 90s. Uh, Casino right? was, was 90 Five-ish? Casino was, I think, 95, maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah, yeah, it's like, it's a young De Niro. He's still pretty well top form at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think he could pull off a great villain uh, it, with, with he's Nick. Been, he'd been, he's been in top form for 30 years, yeah, so yeah. Uh, I don't know. He did do The Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle, so let's not. That was later. That was later. <laughs> that was later. Uh uh, uh, who do who did you put? Oh, uh, you you said you you did. Uh... Oh, I didn't have a cro- well. I I I sort of I went weird a little weird on cry. I went a little obscure. I went with Elias Coteus. Oh, really? Yeah. I you know what? I I wasn't. Uh, that was the last person that I jotted down. I wasn't gonna go with anybody, but I thought oh, he could. He was. I think he was also maybe bald already by that point. So <laughs> I think maybe he just looked the part for me, and I just kind of went with it. But I'm not committed to that one. Okay. Uh, director. Well, I feel like I know who yours is, although you, you may have, although we may have actually done this one already. So now maybe I don't. Well, after we said The Rock, I felt like I went with, I, I felt like you were going to say Michael Bay, but I no, think I you did had Bay. Michael Bay already. Yeah. I just remembered that as I was saying it. Yeah. Um, I went with John Woo. Oh, yeah. Good Mission Impossible 2. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot better. Mine's a very different movie than I think what the, what the, it's not an action movie at all. I went with David Mamet. Oh wow! Yeah. I want Mammoth, writer director of Ant Man. <laughs> Very dark. Also three and a half hours long. <laughs> with, 
But just th- think about it. Mammoth dialogue. Suits. With the Mammoth dialogue and yeah. Mammoth directing with Brando, De Niro, and Nick Cage. This is a very different movie. This is an amazing I movie. I definitely went the action heist yeah, you friendly did. format. Yeah, I, I, I went with... With lasers and everything? Yeah. I also kind of wanted... You uh, went dark. I also kind of wanted a... Um, uh, 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 What's his name? Oh, why can't I think of his name? I don't uh, know. Danny DeVito. I wanted Danny DeVito as one of the one of the guys that helps out Nick oh, Cage. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like either the Michael Pena or sure. something like that. Like, of course you got to be Ant Man. You're gonna shrink down. You're not gonna be anything other than Ant Man. <laughs> That's why they call you Ant Man because you're small. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I feel like that's kind of like a mammoth writing, like where he just like like of course you're gonna be an ant. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I don't know. I don't know. I, that's a, I, I, I think I that's a very interesting movie. I think, I think that would be a hell of a capper to uh, <laughs> to their sort of 90s phase. Yes. It's like David Mamet's, you know, until very they dark. Re- reboot it using Christopher Nolan. All right, I'm on the roof of the Target building. Somebody's home, Scott. What's going on down there, Sam? It's the Falcon. I had a sensor trip, but I'm not seeing anything. Wait a second. Aboard, Scott. Aboard now. It's okay. He can't see me. I can see you. He can see me. Hi. I'm Scott. Did he just say, hi, I'm Scott? What are you doing here? First off, I'm a big fan. Appreciate it. So who the hell are you? I'm Ant-Man. All right, so final thoughts, anything? I thought it was fine. <laughs> I I kind of agree. I liked it. I mean, I did. Like, I actually when I went and saw, I've seen this twice, and I saw it with you, and I also saw it with with some other people. I saw it when it, like opening day. Mm. Um, I have to say that going into it, I tried to watch it more of just to enjoy it first instead of looking at it critically because I knew me and you were going to go see it. Yeah, I couldn't help to that after this exercise that we've been doing to look at it critically while I was watching it the first time, and I was like. Okay, I see the flaws, but I like it. And I know Kevin's going to like this. He's not going to think it's going to be great, but he's going to like it. Sure. And I think it was because of character stuff. I think it was because of, you know, the just the, the way that they handled a lot of that stuff. And, and a lot of characters handled relatively well, not overloaded, and mm-hmm. not like, like they did what they were supposed to do. And I also knew that you'd like T.I., <laughs> the casting of I, T.I. I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow <laughs> T.I. It's fine. He was in The Hangover. Was he? Yeah. I forget. One of them. All right. Go to Planet Arbitrary for all your Planet Arbitrary needs. You can follow me on Twitter at Planet Arbitrary. You can follow Kevin at K White Says. Uh, like our Facebook page, uh, backslash Planet Arbitrary. You could also like our sister podcast, Play On and Game Classy. You can also find me on Tumblr, K White Says, dot Tumblr dot com that's s-a-y-s i can't believe i have to say that but it's not like says like e-z-s-e-z like i'm yeah. a pizza place or something but <laughs> yeah i mean it, it, cutesy spelling i remember how you used to make fun of tumblr now you're on tumblr i'm on the tumblr all right i sometimes talk about this pro- podcast i sometimes talk about movies i think i've posted two or three things so <laughs> i uh <laughs> not that much but uh if you're on the tumblr that's uh we don't have a planet arbitrary tumblr yet no but uh that's that's the closest thing you get but we do have a game classy reddit subreddit uh our game classy 
where I also post stuff from this podcast as well. And the best way that you can help the podcast out is by like, comment, and subscribing on iTunes. Yeah. Uh, the Planet Arbitrary Podcast on iTunes. You can also listen to the podcast on YouTube, or you can subscribe to the Game YouTube Game Classy YouTube channel. Uh, so, uh, Kevin, uh, until next time. Everyone to the debigulator. <laughs> Come, Mickey. Oh, <laughs> <like it. laughs>